Hey guys, this is Fiorella Nira. Welcome to the Planner and Training Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Fiorella Nira. I am super excited because we are getting really close to the wedding MBA and I'm very excited to see all of you who are attending. If you're attending, please connect with me via Instagram at, at Fiorella Nira or at Planner and Training. And if you haven't bought your ticket yet, you can buy your ticket at a discount with the code NEG2019. That's N as in Nancy, E as an elephant, G as in go. 2019. See you all soon. Okay. Renee Dallow has been called the non the no nonsense Mary Poppins of wedding planning and is an apt description. She has planned she planned her first wedding guys 12 years ago purely as a hobby and in the interim years turned her hobby into a successful boutique wedding planning company, Moxie Bright Events. Moxie Bright Events is known for producing elegant and fun events with an emphasis of personalization and intentional design. Renee's background is in professional theater and fine dining. Woo, I'm actually a professional theater geek myself. And the perfect, nice. it is the perfect foundation for the career in events. And that background informs everything Moxie Bright touches. Renee, I'm so excited you're here. I am so glad I got through your bio because I'm super excited to be talking to you. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for your time. And I'm so glad we survived that little um, power outage that we just went through. It's a crazy world out here in Los Angeles. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes, I bet. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about you other than your bio, where you're at, what you do, and what you're currently doing in the industry? Sure. So I'm in Los Angeles. Originally, I'm from New York City. So um, I was born and raised right in the city there. And then when I was about 25 years old, I thought, well, there's probably other places to live, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're from New York City, you know, that joke about how New Yorkers think New York is the center of the universe isn't really a joke. Like that's for oh. real. We all think that that's true. And, uh, and I figured if I was going to live anywhere else, I should do it then. Um, and I moved to LA and then I literally never left. I just thought, well, this is good. I'll stay here. It's really easy to get used to the weather out here. So my husband and I joke, we've, we did not move here together, but we've both been here for almost, uh, I think I'm 19 years now in LA, which is the wow. longest I've lived anywhere, including where I was raised. So that's crazy. Wow. I mean, you can't go wrong with California weather. You really can't. And once you live here for a while, you get really used to not having seasons. And I know you're in Wisconsin. So I mean, I can't I can't imagine your winters anymore. Um, but uh, I, did, I did grow up with winters, but they're just not a part of my life anymore. Lucky you. This is a running joke in the podcast, by the way. There's always talk about the weather. Oh, well, because you say you're in Wisconsin. Like, I, I went am. to college in Chicago, so oh. I get the, like, Chicago winters are no joke, and Wisconsin's even worse, so God bless. Okay, where'd you go to college? DePaul University. Okay, so I went to for a semester in Columbia, okay? Nice. And I get it, because if you've never, guys, if you've never been in the city during a winter, um, the the buildings are so high that basically the wind just comes crashing down on you. Mm. If, if that's a visual interpretation and it's yeah. so cold and you have to walk in that you can't, yeah. you just can't take a bus. You know, you, you, there's no avoiding it. You're eventually going to be walking in it and it's, uh, my first year of college. So I was at the theater school at DePaul, which back then, uh, that was right now they have a ginormous, beautiful theater school center. But when I was going there, it was like an old Catholic school with like bad heating. It was horrible. Um, it was like this little forgotten building, like slightly off campus. When I was there my freshman year, um, one of the guys in the theater school made a small fortune selling printed up maps on how to get from each dorm to the theater school without going outside as much as possible. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this was like pre I'm like totally telling you guys how old I am right now. But like this was like pre, you know, Googling like maps like he literally drew a map from each dorm. And he'd I think he sold them for like five bucks each. And I mean, I bought one. I was like, here, give it to me because I need to figure out. And like you'd have to go through the library, through the gym, downstairs, upstairs, through the chapel like it literally he figured out 
how to do it without going outside, you know, you couldn't avoid it fully, but it was much as a much better walk than having to walk like the 10 blocks straight. So mm-hmm. that's Chicago winters, y'all. People selling maps to not go outside. <laughs> I feel like I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> I needed that person <laughs> in my life too. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about the phrase of day of coordinator and how we want it to be gone. And before we get into it, I want you to just give a little tease into what we're about to really dive into. Sure. So maybe I'll, I'll start by saying how this came about for me. So like like you said in my bio, 12 years ago, I did my first wedding. And then in those years between that first wedding and opening Moxie Bright almost seven years ago, um, I was working as a hobbyist. And all that means is that friends of friends and friends of friends of friends were somehow finding my phone number or email and saying like, oh, so-and-so said you helped them with their wedding. Can you do mine? And I was an idiot and a baby. And I just didn't realize that like I was growing a business. I just thought like, this is a fun hobby. Mm -hmm. So people would pay me in bartering, you know, like one time this girl who I did a wedding for worked for Crate and Barrel. So she was like, well, we can't really pay you, but I can get you a good deal on a couch. Like we can buy you a couch. And I was like, that sounds fun. Like these were the things I was doing. (laughs) Right. So exactly. Like it was ridiculous. And I look back and I'm like, oh, (laughs) what was I doing? But what I was doing was gathering experience. Right. So Mm -hmm. When I started out with Moxie Bright and I was putting together my first real website and putting together my first real service packages, um, you know, I looked around at what everyone else was doing and everyone else was saying that they had day of coordination or month of coordination, partial planning and full planning. And I was like, well, that sounds good to me because before then I wasn't really um, organizing my services in any way, right? Someone would call me and say, we need help. And I'd say, great, what kind of help do you need? And we'd have a conversation. And then I'd say, well, I can help you with that. And I would do what I knew they needed done, but we never called it anything. So when I started on my own and I had these service packages and these names, you know, I did my best to sort of flesh out what those meant to me. But then as, you know, I was in my first two years, I started realizing that the day of coordination, both the name and the service offering really, really, really weren't serving me as a business owner, but more importantly, they weren't serving my clients either. And so that's when I decided to really empower myself to think about my own business in a new way and say, okay, okay, Renee, you don't like this part of your business. You don't like how your clients are treating you in this, in this particular service package. Like how can we reframe this? Because I knew I didn't want to let it go, but I also knew that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. So that's how I came to this, this basically as my soapbox of like, we have to get rid of the terminology of day of coordination. And now I, and now I teach through an online course, I teach other wedding planners how to actually reframe what you're actually offering to be better for both you and your clients. So I, now I'm a big proponent of not only changing the name, but also tweaking the services a bit. And and we'll, we'll, we can get more into that, but it really helps you, you know, be able to sell it better and also make more money, which isn't that the point. It's in that the point. I mean, you can only do a hobby so many times until, you know, once you start yeah. making money, it's no longer a hobby. That's what I say. You're well, doing- and listen, we only have 52 available days a week, really. Mm, I mean, I'm sorry, a days a year. Yeah. <laughs> days a week. That would be a fun week. No, it would not. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, when you look at your calendar, I mean, 52 is very generous, right? Yeah. That would mean you never had a Saturday off. You didn't take off for any holidays or family events. Like, that's re- so really, we only have, I always joke and say, like, I have 30 days that I like to work a year. That's not true. I work more than that. But if that's the case, how do we maximize those available days? It's not with a $500 day of coordination package, I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Agree. So let's talk about the negative effects that the day, that title day of coordinator takes on our business. Why, yeah. why is day of coordinator damaging to, to our business? So even the industry as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, it's it's not just our individual businesses, but as as a whole. So so here's what happened back in the day. I used to say that it was the knot that did this to us. But I've recently been informed that it was actually Martha Stewart, who I love. So shout out to Martha. But also she did this to us. And so if I ever meet her, I'm going to be like, we're going to have some words right now. Um, (laughs) Basically, Martha Stewart, like in her in her, you know, knowledge said everyone should have a wedding planner. And if you can't afford a full planet, a full planner, just get someone to help you on the day of. 
That's literally what she said. Mm -hmm. And then everyone went, oh, that's good. I'll do day of. And we started with this terminology day of. But what happens when you're talking to a prospective client? So there's several things, right? Prospective clients are coming to us with very little knowledge. They're very emotional because they're excited and they got engaged and they just want to get married. And then we're adding in the aspect of budget. So that's also sometimes an emotional situation. And they come to us, probably found us on the internet. They come to us and say, oh, I don't think I can afford your full planning package. I just need a day of coordinator. And there's the word, right? I just Uh need a day of coordinator. But they're saying that because that's what they think they can afford. And that's valid. But they also say that from a place of, you know, ignorance, because they don't actually know what we do. And most of all, they don't know what they need. They've never been in this situation before for the statistically, for the most part, most people are, you know, when they come to us are coming to us with their first marriage. And so they're coming from a place of ignorance to what they need and ignorance of what we do. So the very first thing we have to do is educate them that asking us to do in a day. Hello? I'm here. Are you here? Okay. I'm there. I'm here. Okay. So it, it made a weird noise. That's why I stopped. It was okay. like, just in case. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so no one can just walk in on a wedding day with a file folder of papers and say like, yes, I'm here. Let's coordinate your wedding. It doesn't work that way, but they don't know that because they don't know what we do. So when we put this language, this day of, right, Mm -hmm. then what we're basically telling them is subconsciously in a way that whatever price I'm about to tell you is what I'm worth for a day. So no wonder why people are saying, well, I'll pay you 500, right? I'll give you $500 for the day. Well, of course, it's not a day. It's not a day of work. Even for the for the most novice wedding planner, it's never just one day of work. And so when I, I know at this point for wedding management, I'm charging upwards of three or $4,000. But my clients understand that what they're paying for is way more than just a day. So in the in the exactly. name itself, we're, yeah, we're doing ourselves a horrible disservice by saying day of because the implication is that we're only working for a day. But then let's talk about the word coordination, which is another word that I don't like. So when someone when someone asks you what you do, do you say that you're a planner or a coordinator? A uh, planner. Right. I don't know any wedding planner, truly, as I'm sitting here thinking, that willingly calls themselves a coordinator. Because to me, coordinator sounds like someone who works in an office and files things and is kind of, you know, not super involved. Yeah. You know? A coordinator is like you put together the pieces and you make sure they're running well. And that is what we do. But that's only very small portion of what we do. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly. I Completely. I mean, nowhere in the word coordination does it say that like I'm holding the maid of honor's hand when she's nervous before her toast or I'm talking to the parents about why that chair costs $20 a pop to rent or I'm consulting with their friend officiant who suddenly has stage fright. Like nowhere in there. It doesn't count for any of the emotional labor that we do as a planner. It just assumes that we coordinate tasks. No, that's not really what we do. And so mm-hmm. I I really don't like being called a coordinator. If someone calls me that, I correct them. Um, you know, especially in like a publication. If it, if it's if I'm ever listed as like a wedding coordinator, I'm like immediately on my keyboard like, "Dear editor, this <laughs> is not, you know." <laughs> Because I think it's important to use the proper wording because I think that's how we, on the baseline, begin to educate people. So because I hate the term day of, and honestly, month of is no better. So if you're listening like, well, I do month of, it's like, no. no. All you're telling them then is that's what you're worth for a month. And that is not valid either. And we'll we'll talk more about that too, I suppose. But I don't like day of and I don't like coordinator or coordination. So what I call that service package is wedding management. And I love that you mentioned that you were also a theater person because I came up with that term because I was thinking about what I was offering when I was offering day of. And I was like, you know, I'm actually not a coordinator. I'm more like a stage manager. Yes. Right. And so I thought, you know what, if I just call it wedding management, that will at least help me send out in my market. It will differentiate me from all the rest. It'll give me a talking point to start talking about my value, which is which is all a sales call really is. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll help me, you know, make a change in my business that I'll able to reframe because I'm not going to have to say, well, my day of coordination starts six weeks before or my month of is really eight weeks. That mm-hmm. is BS. Why do we do that to ourselves? It's confusing. 
Can you imagine coming in as the client being like, so you, so, and everyone they talk to, they're like, okay, so what's your package? Okay. So my um, month of is really eight weeks. And the reason I do that is, and then you're backtracking, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to say like, okay, well it's eight weeks because we really can't do it in a month and you're going to need me for more than a month, but you can't call me before the eight week mark. Let's also, can we talk about that for a minute? This like <laughs> arbitrary time, time limit. <laughs> no, if you do this, I apologize, but here's my truth for this. When a client hires me to do wedding management or full planning, they are coming to me because they have acknowledged that I am an expert at this and they are not. So when someone books me for wedding management, I let them email me from the day their check clears for the retainer because I am the person who has the answers that they might need. And it does not serve me at all to wait until eight weeks before their wedding to start answering their questions because at eight weeks, they've already made bad choices that you can't undo. For sure. For sure. I was, I was very nervous when you said, um, I apologize if you do this. No, we, we definitely allow them because I've learned the hard way. If if they make the wrong choice, I'm dealing with it four weeks prior and that's not. And then you're scrambling, right? And then you're like, Oh my God, how are we going to fix this? Listen, back in year one, I had a client schedule her ceremony for 1 p.m. In a, on a summer day because she wanted it to be really sunny for her ceremony. Oh. And when I, when I got the timeline at like, you know, I think it was six weeks out was what I was doing. I was like, hey, you're going to get the worst wedding photos at this time. And why didn't your photographer tell you? And she's like, well, my photographer is a friend. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I just thought like, I can't do my job well for you now. I can I can try to put out fires. Yeah. But you're always going to hate your wedding photos because they're always going to be in bad light. And I should have been there to tell you that six months ago when you hired me. Oh, right. I, that makes me sad. You can't fix it. Like you said, you there's fix no it. fixing it. The invitations were already out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had an early night that night because the wedding was done by like 8 p.m. Because everybody but was, I was like heat. Also, heat yeah. exhaustion. Everyone had heat, had heat stroke. And I've never <laughs> used a single photo from that wedding. Oh, Even no. though every, everything was pretty. Everything, they they looked great. The flowers looked great. But you, I mean, everything was in bright sunlight. And these aren't, you know, this is the thing when you're in year one, at least when I was in year one of my actual real business, I was just like, yes, yes, let's do it. I can make it happen. I'm mm-hmm. going to help you. But at some point, you have to let them uh, or set them up so that you can help them in the best way possible. Yeah. If you, you let them do whatever they want, I mean, you're never going to be able to rein them in. No, absolutely not. And you're just going to get a mish. I think that's also, I I just jumped um, conclusions here, but I think that's <laughs> also why so many planners have stopped offering the service because yeah. they get a, mis- a mix of here's this pile of crap, mm-hmm. make it my wedding. But yep. if you provide them at least some blueprints and the ability to give you an email every once in a while, it helps yeah. so much. A simple yes or no, and this is why. Yes. Oh, my God. What I teach for wedding management. So I have an online course called Wedding Management 101, and it mm-hmm. is for wedding planners who have been in the game for a bit. You don't have to be very seasoned. But, you know, someone asked me at Wedding MBA, like, can I take your class if I haven't started yet? And I'm like, well... I would love for you to because I think you'd start on the right foot, but you're going to need a little more ex- explanation of things because unless you've had these experiences of like, yeah, day of coordination isn't really working for me anymore or wow, I've been handed a shit show. How am I going to fix this? Right. It's hard to know where your own comfortability is with that. Right. Because I, I thought for myself like, oh, I can do this. I can make it happen. And then one year I had 30 weddings. And over half of them were day of coordination. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. I need to figure this out. So what I teach for wedding management is allow your clients to have unlimited email communication with you from the day they book, but put them in a CRM like aisle planner, get them on a blueprint, get them on a journey that you're leading so that they're doing the tasks that you need them to do. But it also gives them peace of mind. It lets them know they have a partner in this journey, that they're not just out there on their own. And then what happens is over time, even though you're not their full planner, you become their very trusted advisor on these things and they listen to you. So when you're getting to those eight week marks, when you really are getting down to the nitty gritty and if there's a difference between, you know, going with version A or version B, they're going to go, what do you think? 
as opposed to when you're just doing day of, they think of you as a hired hand. It is, it's a mindset shift as well. But I will say, you know, with wedding management, the way I teach it, the way I offer it, it's a much more robust package. And therefore I can charge way more. And so I'm working less because I don't have to work as much and I'm making a ton more money and it's working out for everyone because I know that year I had 30 weddings, even though I was using aisle planner, I couldn't remember everyone's fine details. Mm -mm. It's too much for a brain to handle. Mm -hmm. So now that you're talking about money, um, so we're educating these clients. How how do we educate them to make us more money? Because I think this is something that you always talk about. I always talk about money. I actually think because our our industry is so female, you know, the especially oh, wedding planning. Tell I feel me like about we don't, it. right. We don't talk about money enough. We don't talk about what we're making versus what we are, you know, bringing in. Yeah. You know, like everyone always wants to like, I have a six figure business, and yes. I'm like, right, but how much did you bring? How much did you get to keep? Exactly. Right? Um. And we're just, I think everyone just assuming that the person next to them is doing great. Everyone always assumes like, oh, they must be doing great. Look at their Instagram and I'm not making, and look at me, I'm over here struggling. So I always love to talk about money because I think we just need to be more honest with all that stuff. So when I was first starting out uh, my very first year, um, I offered day of coordination for $900. Not proud of it. I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there, right? If you're listening now, be like, oh my God, she's always telling us to make more money. It was my first year. Um but then what I did was I gave myself a raise every three weddings I booked, not executed, but booked because I knew that in the end, my, my experience was going to, by the time their wedding day, you know, would arrive, my experience would be ahead of what I had charged them. Does that make sense? So yes, 900. And then I would book th every three, every third wedding, I'd bump it up. So then I was 1200, then I was 1500, then I was 1700, you know, 2000. And so now what I do is, um, my base price for wedding management is 3000. And depending on very many parameters, um, it can go up to four. Anything over four ends up just being like a lower full planning. I don't offer partial. I think partial is a really slippery slope for people, for clients. They Clients will come to you saying like, oh, I want partial, but that just means I don't want to pay your full rate. Yeah. So that's like a I whole other. I don't offer partial could, either. Yeah. That could be like a whole other podcast episode, but I think partial <laughs> needs to go away too. Um, basically, what I do is I have a consult with my clients or potential clients, and I ask them a ton of questions. And I tell them like, hey, it's okay if you don't know the answers to all of these, but I need to know where you, where you are in the process and where your brain is for the future and what you're going to want. Because if you're telling me, you know, that you want a flower installation, uh, that's all roses, but you have a $5,000 flower budget, that's not going to work. So I want to hear where they're coming from, because I've been doing this long enough to know that once once they're done describing a wedding, that's when I say, and what's your budget for this? And if those two things don't align, look, I've been very honest. I had a client come to me a few years ago with um, an Indian, half Indian, half Western wedding. So groom was um, Indian American, bride was from Chicago, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, they wanted they wanted a, a, a hybrid Indian wedding. And when, after they finished describing like a weekend in Palm Springs with everyone there and I said, what's the budget? And they said 60000 and I said, I got to be honest with you, uh, what you're describing to me on the low end is a $100,000 wedding. Yeah. And and they were like, no way. And I was like, absolutely, yes. And it turned out they hired me. And in the end, they spent like $110,000. Wow. Because, I, you know, we just know. We know what things cost. And, and I can tell you, you know, if you're in the right ballpark or not. So I always do a, a really uh, pretty in-depth call or Skype. I prefer Skype. And then I tell them, after this call, I'm going to send you a proposal that outlines everything we talked about and the scope of work. Because if it's wedding management and they have two locations and over 200 guests and 16 bridesmaids and, you know, a dog in the wedding and a mom who's a challenge, that's mm -hmm. going to be more money. Exactly. There's more you know, stuff, it's, more money. Yeah, it's just more for me to keep track of. Yeah. So all these things play into the price. So I'm a big advocate for custom quoting your pricing not putting your pricing on your website because I feel like get, clients don't understand our value. It's our job to communicate our value in relationship to our price. So going back to that, when someone, you know, inquires with me, um, I always ask them their budget on the intake form. If they have a super low budget, it's possible that I might reply and say, I'm really sorry, but I would not advise you to spend the, you know, the percentage that you're going to spend with me of your budget on a planner. I think you need to hire someone who's just beginning, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, my job in a sales call is to is to illustrate my expertise and my knowledge and how I can help my client. And the way to do that 
I mean, this is general sales, but specifically for wedding management as well, is to tell them you have to sell with stories. You have to tell them how you are going to solve the problems that they don't even know they have yet. Because I think so many of us start selling with facts, right? Yes. These are the things I'm going to do for you Mm -hmm. factually. I am going to take care of your vendors. I am going to pin on the boutonnieres. I am going to set the tables. They don't really care. Like They they, don't. They What they care about is that their mom, who's a challenge, who gets on their nerves, is going to be kept away from them on the wedding day. Or that their drunk uncle isn't going to get too drunk and pass out. You know, like we have Mm -hmm. to, you have to sort of appeal to the emotions because that's how you get the sale. You don't get the sale by giving them a laundry list of all the things you do. Because honestly, on the day of the wedding, they're not looking around going, did Renee put down the escort cards? Because they know that I will. They care more about like, you know, enjoying the Enjoy and managing the family and managing their own expectations. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a very extroverted person and, and I attract a lot of introverts. Like a lot of my clients are introverted. And so we spend a lot of time talking about like, how comfortable will they be in the day? And do they want to get their first dance over with early so that they're not worried about it all night? And like, I spend a lot of time taking care of them emotionally because the other stuff, of course, we're going to do. Of course, I'm going to set a beautiful table. Of course. But the stuff that they can't even understand that they will need, that's the stuff that I talk about during the consult. You know, I, if they have a friend who's an officiant, which is that popular in Wisconsin? Yes. Okay. It's super popular here. It's like be, er- it's almost becoming, it's, uh, I would say, okay, let me think this year, probably 80%. Yeah. I would say that's probably for me as well. On the rare occasion we are in a church that is super rare for me in Mm -hmm. L.A., like once a year we have a church wedding. So what I've started doing, because I noticed this was the trend, is I ask during the consult, hey, who's going to be your officiant? Do you know yet? And they almost all say, my cousin, my brother, my uncle, this guy from college, he's really funny. And I say, have they ever officiated a wedding before? Most of the time the answer is no. And I say, great, because one of the things I offer for my clients, wedding management or full planning, is that I will talk with your officiant before the rehearsal. I will have a 15-minute phone call with them to talk them through any challenges they might be having to make sure that the ceremony is legal. Mm-hmm. And and they go, oh, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm like, it is. Unfortunately, there are a few, a few things in the ceremony that have to be there, but don't worry about it. I'll handle it with your officiant. I'll make sure he knows to get out of the way for the kiss photo. Oh, I didn't think about that. I'll make sure he knows how to use a microphone. Oh, I don't know if he knows how to use a microphone. And yeah. then suddenly I'm the, I'm I'm giving them answers to questions they haven't even thought to ask yet because they're at step 1 and I'm I'm bringing them into the wedding day now. Now I'm saying, "Hey, how about that that, you know, that friend of yours that's super funny, do they know how to create a, a ceremony that's not all about them?" Oh. Yeah, no, that's great. Oh, I'm glad you do that. No, no one ever mentioned that to us before. Mm-hmm. What is even not. in a wedding ceremony? How do you even do a wedding rehearsal? Yep. And all those things and, and people don't don't realize that they have to walk through. Or you just, you know, if you don't have that, I feel like a lot of these things it just make your job easier. I, yep. I, I came across to it because I'm a little, I never thought I was controlling or I, that I like the control. Um, but then I realized I was because I found myself giving the call to the to the friend and, and explaining how we were going to do things and going through thing going through all the checklists and making sure you know everything that you've basically mentioned for the mm-hmm. need to make it easier on myself. Oh yeah, have you ever had a family member try to run the rehearsal for you? No, um, I'm okay. I'm I'm tall. I'm pretty. I and I've been I've been doing this for a while. I do quite a bit of weddings, so it's never. I've had vendors try to step in, but I've I've learned that if I don't speak up, you know, people just take advantage. So I've never I've never really had lost control. Yeah, I had a wedding a few years ago where the bride's uncle was a pretty famous uh, movie director out here, Uh, someone that you would know by looking at him famous Hmm. and I did not know that he was her uncle and so the day of the ceremony rehearsal I show up ready to do my thing I love the ceremony rehearsal I love it so much I actually made a mini course about it which you can get on my website because so I think so many wedding planners don't understand the value of the rehearsal and like how it establishes you as an expert and how Mm -hmm. it can make the whole weekend more easy and also I I did a lot of assisting for other planners and I know that people are doing it in a way that makes it harder on them 
but for this for this story, so I go in and I I had already talked to the bride about running the ceremony rehearsal. I talk about it during the consult. I mentioned it during, you know, the chats, but her uncle showed up and he's a director and he tapped me on the arm and he's like, don't worry, I got this. And I was like, oh no, sir. Um, no, no, it's very different. It's very different to run a, cer- a ceremony rehearsal. He's like, nah, 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 I got it. And he proceeded to run them through the weirdest, most wrong version of a rehearsal or walking in or anything. Oh. He told he told them to walk like graduation, like step together, step, you know? So I kind of just let him do his thing. Cause again, famous to the point where you'd recognize him. Mm-hmm. And, and I had, I felt like I, I asserted myself a little, he kind of told me to sit down little, little girl. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him just bury himself in this. And he did. And then he kind of like wandered away and I, and I went up to the bridal party. And I was like, here's what we're really going to do. And I like, you know, I had to like go yeah. through and be like, here's what's really happening. But that wedding was the wedding that made me think, you know what, from now on, I'm taking control of this way before the day. I, you know, I'm talking to the officiant. I'm ta- I'm giving them all the instructions before we even get there so that when I'm giving them again for the second time at the rehearsal, there's no debate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was more of a funny situation because like I wasn't going to tell him to like, please sit down. Yeah. Mr. The famous director. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like hashtag only in LA. Like, I was who just going to say that. I've only had one um, one person that was famous in one of our weddings. And he was actually also a friend of of one of the family members. And he was in the wedding. I believe he was performing. And it wasn't the most, wasn't the best rehearsal. <laughs> I believe he was late. Yeah. It was definitely like I'm a superstar kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They didn't try yeah, to was... take over though. Well, that's good. That's super good. I don't I don't know that I would be like you and be like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at the moment I, wanna... I had that moment of like, do I want to fight with this older gentleman yeah, established true. person before? That's I was like, true. I don't really want to fight with him. But I also was kind of like, yeah, show me what you're going to do. Let's see, maybe it'll be right. And immediately I was like, nope, super yeah. wrong. Yeah. Super wrong. That's something oh. that my husband always coaches me on. That you can't you can't prove the elderly wrong. And you just have to let them yeah. do their thing and then help yeah. them through it. Yeah. Yeah. He oh. And then the next day, I remember he said to me, he was like, that ceremony went really well. And I was like, yes, it did, sir. And I was like, <laughs> we didn't do anything he said. He didn't remember what he said. Who knows? He was probably high. Uh, but Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was just that was one of the trippier days of my of my career where I was like, what is happening? Why am I getting bossed around by this? You know, and then I texted my husband, like, you'll never believe who's here at my rehearsal trying to boss me around. And he said, who? And, and I said the name and he was like, shut up, get his autograph. And I was like, no way. I'm not addressing him. Like, he is just the the, the weird uncle at this point. Oh, no. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So tell me, uh, okay, so wedding management, right? Yes. This is what we want to be calling day of coordination now. We want a next yes. day of coordination. We want to move it to wedding management Yes. We actually call it just event management. Perfect. Why is this better? Why is this where things are going? I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one in my market. I talk about this often to other planners. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, tell me why is this, this, this works much better? Well, I love that you call it event management. And I think, you know, event management, wedding management, either one of those things to me are interchangeable. I love it. The thing that I want to guess to get away from is that putting a time constraint in the title. So I've been talking a lot about wedding management and death of day of coordination for about three years now. I've been talking at wedding MBA and mm-hmm. various stages. And oftentimes what happens is afterwards, I'll get someone that emails me and says, oh my God, I'm doing it. I changed it to wedding day management. And I kind of like have to hit my head on the desk and be like, no, that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that day of or month of coordination puts a time constraint in the title of the service package. And that is really what we're trying. If nothing else, that is really what we're trying to get away from. Because overall, we want to educate our current clients, future clients, that nothing can happen in a day or a month. That's not how this works. You know, that commercial, like, that's not how any of this works. Like, yes, right. It, it's a lazy name for something that is so much work. I mean, I don't know about you, but my wedding management clients sometimes end up being more physical labor than my full planning clients. Absolutely. 100%. 
hundred percent. So if we are here and we're doing this service and we're happy to do this service, which I am, I am happy to offer a service package to a lower budget client. I don't want to exclude people, but I need to do it in a way that makes sense for both them and me. And calling it wedding management is able, allows me to educate them right from the beginning about why this is different and why this is better and why this is going to serve them more. And then in the, in the same time, in the same breath, you're also t- telling them, I'm the right person for you because of this. I'm the, We're going to do it this way because I have already proven that this works better for you and me, but they don't need to know that part, right? Right. <laughs> so I just think the terminology day of and month of is so damaging for everyone that even if you have no interest in changing your service package, which I believe everyone should be moving to a different service package because clients are changing and their needs are changing just like everything evolves but at the very least get rid of day over month of and change it to event management or wedding management so that you can start having a much better conversation with your clients from the get-go and okay so you just touched on how services are changing yeah let let's dig into that a little bit yeah so can I ask? Well, I don't want to ask how old you are, but are you in your 30s? I'm 30. Or 20? I'm 30. You're 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm in my 40s and I've been doing this for over a decade. And I can tell you that in the amount of time that I've been doing this, clients and their needs have completely changed, right? Right. So it's only, everything is always evolving. It's always going to be evolving. You know, one of the things I always say to my clients when we do our consult, I ask about like traditions, right? Because that's how I can kind of get a feeling of like how, um, like progressive they are <laughs> as a couple. Yeah. So I always say like, are you, how about traditions? Are you going to do a first dance? Are you going to do a parent dance? Are you going to throw the bouquet and the garter? So many of my clients react to that with like, oh my God, no. Absolutely Ugh, gross. not. Oh, ab- <laughs> oh, gross. We're not doing that. And that says to me that over time, that particular tradition is going to evolve away. We yes. won't be doing it anymore, right? In 10 years from now, no one's going to be asking about that, I think, because no traditions are only traditions if they're practiced. Exactly. And so when I look at something like that, I think, okay, well, in the last 10 years, so the, say that tradition's going out the window. The way we communicate with our clients has changed. What our clients need has changed because their relationships have changed. You know, I'm sure if we talked to a wedding planner who was working... 30 years ago, 20 years ago, right? Things were different because couples weren't living together beforehand. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's living together. You know, when we talk about registry, everyone's like, well, we have everything already. We're fine. And can we talk about how partnerships are so much different where yes, um, husbands are more involved in day to day? And mm-hmm. I will tell you the last four inquiries and the last three weddings that I have booked in the past week and a half have been an inquiry from a groom in a traditional, in a traditional, you know, like man and woman. Yeah. And it's blowing my mind because right now in my, on my website, I am not talking to the groom. Right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking like as if I were to talk a, a girl or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that, is into the trends and into style, but not so much the guy. And I'm noticing that change. And I've yep. asked a couple of other friends and they're getting the same thing. Certain- right. Which says you have to change the language on your website to be more inclusive to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why with wedding management, I think anyone who's still offering day of coordination in the next five years is going to be looked at like a dinosaur. Like, oh, why are they all doing? What is that? What are they doing yeah. that for? Right. And people are going to go, no, I want that cool new thing. It's not new. It's a new name for it, but they don't care. Everyone wants the new shiny. It's not only cool. I will say that there is plenty of education out there now that that um, everybody can find that says a day of coordinator does not just show up. Yeah. And so when they're reading day of coordinator, I do think that they're more educated that you cannot just show up and do a wedding. So, I hope that's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's true for me mm-hmm. just because of how I receive my inquiries. And when, when we are talking, the, the phrase that comes out of my mouth to, I know you can't do all of this in one day. Mm-hmm. is not coming out of my mouth. It's coming out of the ones inquiring. 
Love it. So I do, I do feel like that education is, is furthering along. And I think that's why day off is, is also a dated term. Mm-hmm. And month of is just the same. You know, I know there are people who do month of still even in my market and they're like, well, month of is different. And I'm like, it really isn't. You're really still trying to convince your couple that, you know, you're worth $4,000 for a month of work. It's really an uphill battle. You're pushing a boulder up a hill at that point. Just and change here, the terminology, change the conversation. And also my fear is I'm all about setting expectations. So if mm-hmm. you say month of coordinator, I have mm-hmm. the fear that one month before the wedding, they're going to be like, I got to, this is all I could get done here. I need my photographer, my DJ, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and I've hired you for a month, right? So figure it out. Right. Bye. Right. You can do it. Bye. Bye. And you know, there's a planner in my market who her thing, like her her favorite thing, her jam is like planning in six weeks. Like she'll she'll be like, come to me with nothing. I'll get it done in six weeks. And I'm like, good for you, girl. I hope you're charging them for that. Yeah, that's a lot of work in that's six weeks. And if that's your jam, then that's a very specific service, you know, that you provide. And that's a very specific way to market and position that. But for the rest of us, just trying to fill in the holes in our schedule by doing wedding management, there is a much better way to to I mean, you take them from consultation to wedding day. And it's a much smoother, more robust package. And like I said, you're and you're able to charge more money. Now, maybe in your market, you can't get 4000 That's an LA thing. I know we're very expensive here. Yeah. But, you know, I talk to wedding planners all over the country. When I was developing my course and developing my talk for wedding and BA last year, I spoke to about 45 wedding planners all over the country. And I mean, I spoke to people in Arkansas charging 900 for wedding management. Now, hear me out. When their total budget for the, for the whole wedding is 10000 that's a pretty good margin. Yeah. I mean, it, I know it's $900, but if the whole budget's $10,000, listen, that planner's getting paid. Exactly. So good for her. Like you have to take everything to in the perspective of where you are, right? But honestly, wouldn't you want to, if you could, and change the service, you know, change the title, change the service package, wouldn't you want to be getting $1,000 more an event? Wouldn't that change your life? It would be everything. Yeah. So why not? And the thing that I teach my students is that, you know, because all most people who sign up for the class obviously are converted. They they go, okay, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. But when I do talks, I'm like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Entrepreneurship is risky. We are all risk takers inherently on some level. So change your service package to wedding management, tweak your website, put it out there for a year. See what happens. I guarantee you, you're going to make more money. I I completely agree with you. I I think you. I, okay. We are running out of time and I love you, but we have to, I want, I want to talk about something, um, because I'm really big on the fact that we don't have a, too many standards in the industry, right? And yeah. standard is one of, standards is one of those things that allow us to charge more and grow the industry and mm-hmm. keep moving along with the rising costs. So wedding management. Yes. What services should be included or recommended? as a planner to provide to a client? It's a great question. So what I teach in the course is that it depends on what you're currently offering. Um, and so we tweak it from what you currently have on offer. So like, because my feeling is this, I don't want you to be offering the same exact thing that I offer for wedding management, because maybe our strengths aren't the same. Mm. For example, like I am not a DIY person, like me, Renee, I'm not going to like craft something. I'm going to go pay someone to make it or I'm going to buy it. Right. Right. But if you are someone who loves DIY and is good at it, then I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't offer a DIY upsell to your wedding management client. You know, got it. Also, like I'm I soup. I'm not crazy about budget work like I do it, but I'm not like I don't jam on budgets, but I have a, fr- a planner friend who loves budget. So she does this whole thing with wedding management where she's like her bit, her her package is really wedding management plus budget, right? And she makes a fortune because she's giving people something that they don't want to do themselves. Now, granted, I'm not going to offer that because that's not what I do. What I tend to do for wedding management is I offer 12 days on the wedding day. I offer, you know, recommendations for my preferred vendor list. So the difference for me is that if you're my full planning client, I do customized referrals. But if you're wedding management, I give you a separate referral list of people that I've vetted and love and work with all the time, mm-hmm. who, if you tell them you're a wedding management client, 
you know, at least they might not always get, you know, a consideration for price, but at least they know they're with me and everything's and everything's kosher. Um, I do two venue visits. I do two in-person meetings for two hours or Skype. I do the floor plan. I do the rental orders because I need to be in charge of the rental because I am really a control freak about the rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and for most of my wedding management clients, I do offer, I roll in a design element with, um, with their package because for me, that's what I love doing. And what was happening when I wasn't rolling in the design was that people were asking me for design help anyway, and I was giving it anyway, and I just wasn't getting compensated. So my packages look more like wedding management plus design. And that's like a few design boards, you know, linen, uh, designing the, you know, signs and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, there are things too that I, that I throw in that are like what I call value ads. Like I talked about talking to the officiant, like I don't charge them extra for that, but it's something that I talk about in the consult so that they know that I'm offering that. And when they talk to some other wedding planners that don't mention that they're like, Oh, she really knows Renee really knows what she's talking about. I had someone book me a few months ago. Um, for wedding management and she's lovely and she's getting married next year at a venue that I'm on the preferred list for. And I saw her socially after they booked me and without even me prompting her, she said, I want to tell you why we booked you. And I was like, okay. And she said, you asked me the, the most and the best questions during the consult. And that's how I knew you knew what you were talking about. Mm. And I was like, interesting. And I said, what did other people ask you? And she's like, not much. They mostly asked me about money. And I was like, really? She goes, someone asked me how much money they had for a wedding planner. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. So, and I, and I, now I talk about this particular part of it because I always want to say like, Hey, planners out there, do not ask your clients how much you should be charging. That's not how this works Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they don't know your, they don't understand your value yet. Right. This is the, the weird thing about our business is that they don't really understand our value till the day after their wedding. Yeah, after everything has gone, after yeah. even after after they sober up. <laughs> Once they yeah. sober up, they're like, oh. Yeah, and also for everyone listening, and even for you, how many times have you been told after the wedding, oh, you're undercharging, I would have paid you so much more. <laughs> I got that a lot in my first few years. Oh my God, you're not charging enough money. And I'd, I'd walk away being like, thank you? Like I came home one night crying. No. And my husband's like, my husband's like what's the matter? And I was like, I don't, I think that I'm doing something wrong. And he's like, why? I'm like, and I told him this very nice anecdote. And he was like, why are you so upset? And I was like, because I could have charged them more. And he's like, well, now you know. And so every time I go into a, a consult call, my my thoughts are like, how can I express my value? How can I tell them stories based on real things that have happened that might be kind of scary, but express my value and always charge a little bit more than you're comfortable charging? Ugh. Gold. Like send, sending that cons like that that proposal should make you a little bit pukey, just a little. Yeah, just a tiny bit, just a little. What? Let me let me talk. Uh, do you mind if I ask you business questions about your sure. personal bit, your own business, Moxie Bride Events? Sure, for sure. Um, do you have other planners? So I have um, a few girls that work for me as associates, but no, I don't have any other full planners. So all the weddings that you do are the wedding you are at correct um not not always okay. sometimes like uh, like last year we had a bunch of social events that were that we were we got inquiries for but we already had weddings and so mm-hmm. i always try to take them as an as like an as needed basis so to speak so like we had a 200 person wedding downtown la and the same night had a 40 person uh very intimate wedding at someone's private home so we were able to divide up the team i did the big wedding my associate did the small wedding and everyone was fine a few weeks after that you know we had a bat mitzvah that had like 200 people and a 50th birthday party that had 50 people so when it's stuff like that we have never really done like two giant weddings at the same time that would probably make me um very panicky we're very similar (laughs) It, it's this is very inspiring to me because we're actually we're very similar in that I I have event managers but the same the same goals I'm very careful of of the second events that we take yeah, on very careful um, with it I have to come and come out and see you in LA please do I, I would will. love that yeah I would love that. I think I have to do that I'll reach out via email but anyway um other than that Renee anything else that you have to say in regards to <laughs> taking the, i know we're like super short on time but i don't care no that's okay i feel like i could be like let's do hour three of renee talking about wedding management um <laughs> no here's let's what i have to it. say <laughs> no, right. people would be like oh my god oh my god 
but I have to say more than anything, right? Here's, here's my, my point more than anything else is this. I think, I don't think I know when I started my business, I was really hesitant to make changes for my business that were considered different or bold or, or, you know, ambitious because I was like, well, I just want to be like everybody else. And let me be the voice in your head that, or the voice on your little shoulder that's saying like, listen, this is your business and your one life. So if you are feeling called to do something in your business that's different or challenging or out of the ordinary, then go do it because no one is the owns your business but you. No one knows your business but you and no one will ever care about it more than you do. So if you're currently doing day of coordination and you freaking hate it, there is a different way. There is a new way to do it and get on board with us because it's going to be so much better for you. So much better. And I think we have to get out of this like, well, no one else is doing it but me. If no one else is doing it, that's why you should absolutely be doing it in your market because it's just a no brainer then. Exactly. Where can people find you? So I have two different websites. If you want to look at my wedding planning business website, that's Moxie Bright Events. Moxie is M-O-X-I-E then the word bright, traditional spelling, and then events. But if you want any information on the education that I offer, that's all under reneedallo.com. And that's where you'll find the courses on wedding management and a ceremony uh, rehearsal course. And I'm working on a course uh, for aisle planner on how best to use aisle planner that will be coming out. So this is September. So it'll be coming out um, at some point late October, right around wedding MBA time. And that's where I'll continue to grow any sort of education blog, um, I do weekly lives in my Facebook page, Renee Dallow. So basically my, my goal for the education side is that, you know, when I started, I was just sort of figuring it out as I went along mm-hmm. and there wasn't the kind of education, free education available like there is now. Um, and so my goal is really just to put out as much information as I know to helpfully hope as many people as I can, because the, the thing that we need is more smart female business owners in the world. That's what that's my belief. I think smart female business owners can change the world. Yes. Well rounded. Let's talk yes. about marketing. Let's talk about finances. Yes. Let's talk about Let's all talk the about, things that yes. I feel like money is a dirty word. And I money, money, money. Talk about it. I love we it. We have to oh. talk about it. And I have a new podcast coming out September fifth, uh, called Talk with Renee Dallow. And it's yeah. it's use chat for wedding pros and other creatives. And my goal with the with the podcast is to have real honest chat, just like we talked about, just like you just said about all those topics, but also not just from wedding industry people, because I think sometimes our industry can get like a little bit of an echo chamber. Like yes. you're hearing from the same 10 people all the time. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I, I know amazing entrepreneurs, female and male in all stripes. And I want them to come talk to us about how to take what they know and make it work for the wedding industry right? Because there's so much knowledge out there. We just have to figure out a way to, to, you know, harness it and put it through the wedding industry because I'm tired of the wedding industry feeling like, a, like a little bit of a joke, right? Like we're real and we're here and we're making money and we have things to say too. We are a real business and we mean business. Let me tell there you, you that. Go. And, and also on top of that, just to add to what you just said, it's like traveling, you have to look at other industries to see what they're doing, what's working for them, and then bring it into our own. Yes. And we can leave it there. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. I'm super excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And I promise you I'm going to come see you in LA. Please do. I would love that. Yeah. I'll make you work a wedding with me. No, I won't. That's just, I'm Actually, kidding. Actually, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. <laughs> so yes, expect my email because that's exactly what I would love to do for you. Let's Um, do it, girl. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Thank you. You have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. You too, hun. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.